Thank you for tuning in to the Emerge Church Tallahassee podcast. We exist to help people follow Jesus so they can live out God's plans for their lives. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the message from Sunday. Hey, good morning, everybody. Look at your neighbor, tell him I'm glad you're here. If you're watching online, we're glad you're here. Amen. Did some raining this morning, am I right? Got enough of the rain. Got enough, Lord. Yes, sir. Reaching the end of the year. Can y'all believe that? End of the year. And uh, we're, we're moving fast towards Christmas. And uh, did a little Christmas shopping yesterday, Cynthia and I. It was fun. We're trying to keep it fun this year. Come on, how many of y'all need some prayer with that one? Yep, I know. Um, before I jump into the message, I, I, I got a couple of things I want to mention. Beginning uh, every year, we begin the year uh, with 21 days of prayer and fasting, and this year we'll be doing the same. One of the things we're going to do a little bit different this year, we've never done it like this, we're going to start on January the 1st this year. Yes, we're starting on January the 1st, and so we'll have 21 days of prayer and fasting, I want you to begin to pray about something that you, you feel like you need to, to lay down for 21 days. I'm going to give it up. I'm going to lay it down, however you want to say it, for 21 days so that I can take that time and that effort to get closer to the Lord. And this is always an incredible time of the year for our church. We'll have some prayer and worship nights mixed in during that time. But I, I just want to give you the heads up. You'll begin to see some social media stuff coming up. Uh, I know a lot of times people, they tend to fast from social media during the fast. So we'll put some things on the website just to keep you up so you don't have to drift into those social media pages. Because you know how it is. Once you look at it once, you look at it all the time. Am I right? How many of y'all got a problem and you're willing to admit it? Don't raise your hand. Okay, okay. Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. So that'll be coming up January the 1st. And also, got to mention Giving Hope, our, our, our Christmas offering, which is pretty incredible. So for already $3,475 in donations. With, yeah, yep, clap. Hey, and I got to shout out the ladies at the Sisterhood Christmas Party. Look, they were dancing, but they were giving too. They were dancing, but they were giving. And shout out to Cynthia and all her team. Such a fantastic night, sisterhood, uh, Christmas party. I learned some of the ladies in church can dance. I learned some of them cannot. <laughs> I did. I learned that. They also learned that I cannot. And so... Anyway, if you would like to be a part of our Giving Hope offering, uh, there's a couple ways you can get involved. You can always give a monetary donation. You can give in person today back at the Hub, or you can give online at EmergeChurch.com, or you can bring a gift card. And, and this gift card opportunity is really unique because what we like to do is empower families that are in need to take care of their families for Christmas. So what we do is we collect gift cards and we give it to those families so they can go and get Christmas for their family. And so it's always a very, very unique opportunity. I would love for you to be a part of that. Help us to touch more families. We're also sending a monetary donation to our care point in the Dominican Republic. There's about 83 kids that get fed there every day, get taught the gospel, but we're gonna throw them a Christmas party this year, which is not just for them, but also for their families or whoever is in that village to come together so that ultimately we can win the whole entire village to Jesus. That's a good plan, am I right? And through your giving, you help us to be able to present that opportunity for them. And so if you want to be a part of that, I encourage you to go online and give or go back to the hub and give and let's bring some hope to some people this Christmas season. Amen. All right. Are y'all ready for the word today? Y'all ready? All right. I want you to go to the book of Matthew chapter two. And, and I'm coming to the place that I really enjoy preaching Christmas messages. I haven't always felt that way, but like here lately, it's like, I feel like Christmas might be my thing, man. I do. I, I can read these scriptures and there's some stuff in there. And uh, my hopes is that we don't just get caught up with the stories that we've heard and the way that we've been told, but we really dig into the Bible, dig into scripture and see what's going on. There's a lot of different perspectives 
in the Bible, in these stories. And today, I hope to bring about a new perspective from one of the more common stories. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 through 12, it says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. And about that time, some wise men, say wise men. Look at your neighbor and say, I hope you're wise. Okay. Some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. I like that. And we have come to worship him. Verse 3, King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in land of Judea, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, watch this, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me, so that I could go and worship him too. How many of y'all already feel like King Herod's up to something? Getting shady real quick. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. Come on, I love that. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts. Come on. They worshiped him, and they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. How many of you just thought Frankenstein when I said frankincense? I know. Happens all the time. Okay. And myrrh is just a weird word. Just weird. Okay. Anyway. Verse 12, when it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. This is the wise men. This is why they're wise. Come on. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Today, I wanna, I'm going to preach a message to you called, I got you something. I got you something. He, he told me I said I needed to say it. I got you something. Got you. I got you something. Got you something. Um, let's pray. Jesus, thank you for this day. And even though it's raining, we still doing church. And even though it's raining, you're still moving. And I just pray over the next few minutes as we share your word that it won't necessarily be my words that are heard, but yours. So Lord, speak today to every person in this room, every person watching online. Let your Holy Spirit, Father, just draw us closer and closer to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, you know those birthday parties? where every kid who comes gets a gift. Y'all know those parties? I figured out where it got started. It got started on Christmas. Um, because, you know, Christmas is Jesus' birthday, okay? And even though it's his birthday, everyone gets a gift. I don't know if you ever looked at it that way. That's where it comes from. So for all you dads out there to get upset that we got to buy every single kid at the party a gift, you could thank Jesus for that, because that's where it got started. Uh, everyone gets a gift. You, me, and everyone. Look at your neighbor. That's just tell them, no, that means you too. You're getting a gift. That's right. And why is this? And, and it should make sense to us, because we know that God is a giver. Am I right? God is He's such a giver. In fact, one of the most highlighted verses of all children's ministry, come on, many of you who grew up in church, this, this one Bible verse, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, that he what? That he gave. For God so loved the world that he gave. I know, some of y'all are like, let me finish the verse, pastor. Well, you can finish it later with your kids, okay. Um, and then I realized, this is why people like Santa. He's a giver. Some of y'all got nervous when I said that. He's a giver. You know people in your life that are givers. Am I right? People that give. How many of y'all already know the person in your family that gives the good gifts? And if you do that whole drawing names, you're just praying and interceding 
Because you also know the person that does not give good gifts. You know what I'm talking about? Like, those people already bought the gift last year on December 27th on the clearance. Summer sausage with cheese and crackers. Come on, I mean, y'all know what I'm talking about. And so you're praying that they don't have your name. You're praying that the good gift giver, the one that even though the amount might be $25, they'll spend $35 on you. How many of y'all got those people in your family? How many of you also got the ones that say, even though it's 25, they spend like 15? How many of you are the 15 person in here? Come on now. Some of y'all are like, I need a coupon, Pastor Wade. I need me a promo code. Come on, how many of y'all like the promo code? I know, I know, I can feel it. I can feel it. So some people are good gift givers. Some people really are not. Seriously, some people just are terrible at it. And then other people, they, they like to re-gift things. You know what I'm saying? Like, beware of any newly wed person that is buying you a gift for, for Christmas. Because they're not buying it. That extra air fryer, they're just going to re-gift it to you. It, it works. I like a good air fryer. Um, then some people like to give fun gifts. And then other people, let's just call it, they like functional gifts. You know what I'm saying? Like buy a kid a pencil for Christmas. Don't do that, man. Get them like good stuff. Mm. Um, what about people who give you something that they think you need, but you really don't? Oh, you're going to need that. I have no clue what this is. Oh, you're going to need that. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Some of you are like already mentally preparing for Christmas parties just by me saying this. Uh, but after all, it's the thought that counts. Right? I know. But that's how we sell it. That's how we do this, man. And I, I'm not sure why we do it that way. I think sometimes we're just cheap. Anyway, Matthew chapter 2 gives us this really incredible picture of giving. Um, the one promised by God has been born, and we see the, the world's reaction. The world is beginning to react by, uh, to his birth, and, and these wise men show up. And, and listen, there's so many songs, so many stories about these wise men. We don't really know what to believe about them. Uh, some, some people call them the magi. You know what I'm saying? Magi or Magi, if you don't know how to say it, that's how you try to say it. It, it. It's Then what about the We Three Kings, Pastor Wade? I know, it's so many of these different ideas, but literally what they were, and I want to simplify it and then throw you completely off with it, they were astrologers. Now, I'm not talking about horoscope people, okay? Don't mess with that stuff. These guys, they, they knew how to read the stars in the sky, Okay. And, and, and so they were called the Magi, and they are from Far East lands. And this is very significant. And, and I need you to come along with me a little bit because I'm going to teach a little bit about this so I can preach a little bit about it, okay? So, so this is significant that they come from Far East lands because they're not Jews. They're Gentiles. This is significant because Jesus comes, and he is born to be the king of the Jews, but the first visit wasn't made by the Jews. It was made by the Gentiles. These were the people that are not included that are already getting in on it from the very beginning. And I find it very significant that they come to Jesus, and I'm really captured by how they come to him because when they come to him, they come to him worshiping and bringing gifts. They come to him to worship him. If they are kings, I want you to see the significance of this. If they are kings, they were willing to leave their kingdoms to travel a distance to come and bow down to the one who would be known as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. This is pretty significant. We had important people come visit our kids when we were in the hospital, but we didn't have kings. We didn't have the governor. He didn't show up. The lawmakers didn't show up. My parents showed up. Some close friends showed up. Some family showed up. 
But Jesus is born, and, and these, these really important guys show up, and they're not a part of this Jewish culture. They're not a part of this Jewish family, if you will, but they have come with a worship, and they have come with gifts to worship the one who is born to be the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And what I find is very interesting is this is that in so much of Christmas, in so much of even our everyday lives, our focus tends to lean so much more towards what can be given to us than what could be given to him. If we did an inventory of what our prayers sound like, they probably 99.99999% of the time sound more like God give me then it sounds like, God, I want to give you. Am I right? Come on, let's just be honest in church today. Maybe the online people will be honest. Come on. But it's the truth. Most of the time when we're praying, our focus is more on what Jesus can give us. But here we see they came to give him something. They came to bring him gifts. They came to bring him worships. And I know you're thinking of like gifts to give to your family, like in this season, but have you considered the gift that you may be given to the Lord? Have you thought about, does your generosity just include people, but does my generosity go to him as well? The one who has come to give me all of life and life abundantly, have I considered what I may give him? And I know, I know what we're saying, but pastor, I prayed the prayer. I told him I was giving him all of my life. I know that's what we said, but that's not what we always do. And I believe that this season, it just highlights, hey, I need to check my giving. Watch this verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7. Paul is speaking to the church at Corinth, and he says, Since you excel in so many ways, in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. Now, I know, as soon as you hear that, you're like, oh, here we go. Here's the tithing and the offering ceremony. I, I need to back up a little bit because I believe that as a believer, we should have a giving heart. Amen? Amen? That at the end of the day, before money is ever discussed, the heart of a believer should be, I want to give. The heart of a believer should be generosity, meaning it's not just about what I get, but it's also the opportunity of what I can give. Can I get an amen? Amen. So Christmas time is when our minds are focused on giving. And what did Paul say? We should excel. We should always excel in giving, meaning we should be generous because that's who we are. And giving is what we do. Look at your neighbor and just tell them it's just what we do. It's just what we do. So we should definitely give gifts to our people. Am I right? But let's talk about giving to the Lord because these wise men who had really, watch this, who really had no obligation. They had no obligation. That's, that's what is so incredible about this. They have no obligation, but they excelled in their giving and they came to worship Jesus, bringing gifts to him. And I want you to know this. When you give to the Lord, it's worship. This is important to understand because culturally, when we begin to talk about giving, our focus goes on like, oh, they're going to take up an offering. I want you to know we do not take up offerings here. Some of you say, well, what's that box in the back? We're not taking it up. We're bringing an offering. There has to be an adjustment in how we see this and understanding like whenever, whenever we're up here leading you in worship, we're not trying to take your praise. We're giving you an opportunity to bring your praise to the Lord. The question is, what did you bring? Did you bring your praise to the King of kings and the Lord of lords? What did you bring with you? When it comes to giving, what did you bring to the Lord? And I know this gets like really, really squirrely because it's like, Pastor Wade, you talk about people's hard-earned money. I'm talking about people's life. Because if we say, I give you my all, am I really giving him my all if I reserve things from him? Amen? Some of you are like, I don't know, man. Shouldn't have done this today. Should have stayed at the house. 
So let's dive into this. The, the Magi brought some incredible gifts to Jesus. Really incredible. That's why I entitled the message, I Got You Something. And they brought gold, they brought frankincense, and they brought myrrh. I need you to know that these gifts represent so much more than just an object. There, there's something more to the gifts that were given to them. So let's, let's look at this, all right? Gold. This is common to us. If, if someone brought you a piece of gold jewelry, you're feeling good about it. Am I right? Like if, you, if, if there's a lady in here and you get any kind of gold jewelry for Christmas, you're feeling like whoever got that for you did a really good job. Am I right? But gold is really, it's this precious metal, and it was a very valuable commodity. Okay, in our culture today, gold is seen as jewelry, but gold was the opportunity for, for this is like provision. See, this, this, is, this takes it a little bit further. So this gift of gold to Jesus is really symbolic, okay? And I want to teach you for a minute. It's symbolic of his divinity, and it's symbolic that he is God in the flesh. Now watch this. This is where it gets really interesting. This gift could have very well financed Joseph and Mary's trip to Egypt, to escape from Herod. That's interesting. Because we just think they brought him gold. Look at Jesus. He's already rolling. No, Jesus' mom and dad had to roll out. Okay? And so because this was given, watch this, it shows us how God is a provider. And it helps them to go where they need to go so that Jesus can grow and become the man of God, the son of God, and do all the things that he needs to do in order to save us. Thank God that some wise men who were not Jewish, who just had a heart for the Lord, was drawn to him and came and gave their gift so that the furtherment of the gospel could happen even in our lives. Amen? Come on. This is good. So watch this. Giving gold shows us that giving is practical. Giving is practical, all right? Let's keep going. Let's talk about frankincense, all right? Because some of you are like, I don't know what that is, Pastor Wade. I know, so I'll look it up for you, all right? <laughs> so frankincense is this white resin, or it's kind of like a gum, okay? And it's, watch this, fancy word coming up. You can say it this week and impress all your friends, okay? It's obtained from a boswellia tree. Say boswellia. Ask your neighbor, you know what that is? <laughs> So what they do is they go to these boswellia trees and they make incisions in the bark to allow the gum to flow out of it. Some of y'all are going to try that this week. I don't know where a boswellia tree is, but good luck. Okay. So watch this. Let, let, let's look at it because I, I want you to see the meaning behind this. The gift of frankincense to Jesus, it was symbolic of his willingness to become a sacrifice. Mm. Completely giving himself up, which is similar to a burnt offering. Now, I want you to keep the context of that word offering. Again, because when we hear offering, we think, oh, the church is going to take up an offering. Let, let's, let's switch this around. Because in the Old Testament, we see this picture where they brought their offering to lay it on the altar to be sacrificed. It has so much more meaning than just entering in your credit card number or writing a check. This was their livelihood. This was their life, that they would lay down on an altar to offer it up to the Lord. Now, I want you to think about how Jesus, who is the ultimate offering, come on, come with me on this, who is the ultimate offering, how his side was pierced and blood and water flowed for the forgiveness of our sins, just like the Boswellia tree, where they would cut the side of the tree so that the gum could flow out. Jesus' side was pierced. He is the tree of life. His side is pierced so that this, this oil could flow out to bring forgiveness. Whenever this, this frankincense is burned, it, it's highly fragrant, okay? And it was actually used in worship. And when it was burning, there was this pleasant offering that was going up before the Lord. And, and what does the Bible say? That the prayers of the saints are what? Sweet-smelling incense as to the Lord. So watch this. This frankincense is a symbol of holiness and righteousness, 
See, there's, there's a little bit more to it. There, y- y'all know those people that give the gift and they got to explain what the meaning is behind it and it, t- it makes everybody in the house cry. And you're sitting there with your air fryer and you're like, well, you know. <laughs> we have those people in our family. We do. My brother and my sister-in-law, every year, they're giving these gifts. Everybody's crying and we're like, got mom and dad a wall plaque. <laughs> no, we didn't get a cry. We got, oh, that's nice. They get that gift from my brother and sister-in-law. It's like tears, man. Everybody's crying, taking pictures. Yeah, there's there's something symbolic behind it. So watch this. Giving frankincense shows us that giving is actually spiritual. So the gold shows us it's practical. Like when you give, it is practical because it can meet practical needs. But when you give, it is also spiritual. There's something spiritual that is going on here. Let's keep going. Let's talk about myrrh. See, now you're interested. We got two down, and you're like, oh, this is cool stuff, Pastor Way. All right, myrrh. Again, weird word. I don't like how it's spelled. I would have spelled it M-E-R-R, myrrh. Okay? Not even a real vowel in there. That sometimes Y thing. You know what I'm saying? Y'all remember that? A-E-I-O-U, and sometimes Y? It showed up right here. Didn't know when we were ever going to use it, but it showed up right here. Myrrh. Myrrh. All right. So it's this product that is obtained from a chemophora tree. Boy, I got all the fancy stuff today on this rainy Sunday. Come on, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. I shouldn't have worn a jacket. I should have worn a jacket. Okay, but anyway. Okay. It's obtained from a chemophora tree, just like frankincense is. Okay. Watch this, though. At the time of Jesus' birth, myrrh was worth more than gold. These wise men showed up. Am I saying they must have got a Christmas bonus that year? <laughs> Things in the kingdom were going well, okay? And so it was, it was a spice and was a key ingredient, watch this, in the anointing oil that the priests use. Man, so much significance in this stuff. We just go frankincense and myrrh, go frankincense and myrrh. There's some significance to it. It was also sometimes mingled with wine to form an article of drink, So y'all remember uh, the drink that was given to Jesus when he was about to be crucified? The Bible refers to it as gall. Guess what was in it? Myrrh. It's amazing how all of this stuff just kind of connects and comes together. And this myrrh, it symbolizes suffering and affliction. I know. And when you look at the life of Jesus, Jesus would grow to suffer greatly as a man and would pay the ultimate price when he gave his life on the cross for all who would believe in him. So watch this. Giving myrrh shows us that giving is sacrificial. I've wondered this. I haven't seen any research to support this, but I wonder, because Mary, there were a lot of things that happened to Jesus Jesus that Mary would ponder in her heart. And I wonder, whenever this myrrh was given, if she saved it. I wonder if the frankincense, when it was given, if she saved it and saved it for his burial to go and anoint the body. Like, this is what I want you to see when we look at all of these stories, because it's so easy to get caught up in the common of Christmas. But I want you to know that the, the true story of Christmas is much deeper than the commercials are telling you. It is much deeper and it has so much more impact on each and every one of our lives than what we even give it credit for. Because when we see the gift giving that was given to Jesus by people who were not obligated to give it to him and the kind of gifts they gave and how it set up so many things for Jesus in his life, it really helps us to see that God was working things out all along. And I need you to see today that perhaps in the life that you're living, there's been some giving that has taken place to set up some things in your life that you don't even know about yet. Some things that of people that have given in the past to create opportunities for you right now today that you had nothing to do with and they were not even obligated to, but because of the sovereignty and the providence of God, they chose to step out and give a gift that may be continually giving into your life today. 
I look back on the stories of my life and I look back over the faithfulness of God and the faithfulness of God is connected to the faithfulness of men and women who have gone before me. Men and women that made a decision to make an investment to give gifts into the kingdom of God, knowing that their investment and the gifts that they would give would have an eternal reward. And it would forever affect not just my life, but even lives to come. And so when we begin to talk about giving, our scope of reference must expand from just what I'm able to do right now, but to all the way what God has been doing all along. Amen? Amen. Our giving has got to grow. And this whole Christmas story, it just gives us this elaborate picture of what giving truly looks like. Because I don't see anyone's arm twisted here. I don't see anything that looks like, oh my God, I can't believe you're doing this. It looks more like, look at the sovereignty of God in play in Jesus' life through these gifts that are given that are affecting my life today, that will affect my kids' lives tomorrow. Come on. So whenever we say, I got you something, and you think about what the Lord's got for you, it's the gifts that you didn't even know that he's been given. When I was a kid, my mom loved to do the, this last gift. Come on, some of y'all, your parents, and you're doing this. You open all the gifts, and they go, well, I guess that's it. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Y'all, y'all, know, y'all know what's coming next. Oh, Wait. We forgot. We have one more thing. And then they go to the back. And you always know when they go to the back, it's about to get good. I remember when I was a kid, I got a pellet gun. Oh, come on, Crossman, 760 Pump Master. Let's go. With a scope. With a scope. Let's go. May have shot a cat. Anyway, I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) All right. We open all the gifts. And my older brother and I, that's what we really, really, really wanted for Christmas. A Crossman 760 Pump Master. Come on, how many of y'all know the 760 Pump Master? Let's go. We waiting, man. I'm looking for any long rectangular box there is. None. Small compact. None. We open all the gifts, and we're like, all right, Merry Christmas. They were like, all right, we're about to do stockings. What's next? And then Mama's like, hold on. We forgot. Let me go to the back. And when she brought it out, we knew. It was this long rectangular box, and me and my brother high-fiving. I'm telling you this because there are some things that the Lord has for you that you don't know. See, Jesus, he had something that he was bringing that they didn't even realize he was bringing. Here's the Messiah wrapped up in swaddling clothes in a manger. And even though it was prophesied over and over, it shows up and it wasn't delivered the way they thought. But the gift has been giving over and over. And that's what he's done for us. But when I look at these wise men, I have to be honest, I'm challenged. Am I right? Are you challenged today just hearing this? I'm challenged because it really puts me in the place of like at Christmas time, am I just the kid at the birthday party that's looking for the favors that are going to be handed out? And that's a whole message to be preached right there because we will pray for the favor of God on our lives. Amen? But as we approach the Christmas party this year, the birthday party for Jesus, it's not a matter of what favor am I getting to bring home. It's more of a question of what gift am I bringing him? What gift am I bringing him? So it's not just God saying, I got you something. It's me saying, hey, Lord, I got you something. I got to go to the back, but I got you something. So when you give to the Lord, this is, this is some lessons I learned from this story that I want to share with you today. When you give to the Lord, the first thing I would say is this, go out of your way. That's what these guys did. They went out of their way. And, and I'll show you this. One of, the most common, one of the most common reactions when someone gives us a gift that we didn't expect, this is what we always say. You didn't have to. Right? Like if somebody shows up to you right after church today and they come give you this little box and you like barely know them, they're like, I've just been thinking about you and I want to give you this Christmas. And you don't know what to say. So what do you say? Oh, you didn't have to. But they did. They didn't have to. The wise men did not have to do this, but they did. And they went out of their way. Why? Because they wanted to. 
That, that's the point I'm trying to get to. They wanted to. They went out of their way because they wanted to come and give him worship. They wanted to come and give him gifts. And this is one of those moments where we got to look at ourselves and ask, do I have the want to? Like, do I have the want to give to the Lord? Because if I don't have the want to to give to the Lord, I have to tell you something's going on in us that isn't like the Lord. Because he's got the want to to give to us. And we should have the want to, just like these wise men. Look at this. They went out of their way to bring their gifts to this newborn king. They went out of their way. So it begs this question, who are you willing to go out of the way for in your life? Would you go out of your way to give to the Lord? I know, it's kind of like, I don't know how I want to answer that, Pastor Ray. Because I feel like something's coming next, and before the next comes, I just want to make sure we ain't getting into something here. So watch this. Sometimes, sometimes, it can feel like Jesus is in our way. You ever felt that way before? You had something that you wanted to do, and the Lord says, uh-uh, let's do something different. It's like, what? Is this too real on Sunday in the rain? I have these moments. I'm being vulnerable and honest. I have moments where it's like, Lord, are you really going to show up now? Where were you a while ago when I was trying to make the decision? Now I made the decision. Now you want to show up and tell me no after I got everything prepared. Anybody? Okay, I'm just checking. I feel a little left out up here right now sharing this with you. A person with a giving spirit will go out of their way to worship Jesus will go out of their way. Here's the second thing. When I look at this story, when you give to the Lord, not only did they go out of their way, watch this, give with all your heart. With all of your heart. Uh, they, the magi, the wise men, three kings, however you want, whatever you want to call them, they gave incredible gifts. But the best gift they gave, guess what it was? Their worship. That was the best gift they gave was their worship. And Luke 12, 34 says it like this. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, what is your treasure? Who is your treasure? Because that's where your heart is going to be. So watch this. When we give the motivation, where does it come from? Our heart for the Lord. That's where it comes from. And it should not come from a rule we should follow. I want to say that because a lot of times we do some of this, oh, I'm just supposed to do it. Yes, you're supposed to do it, but it should come from where? Your heart. And we should be, what kind of givers? Cheerful. Not like, I can't believe i got to get him this gift. But more of, I'm so thankful I am able to give him this gift. See, I, it's so important that we talk about giving from the perspective of the heart rather than from the perspective of the bank account. Seriously. Because if we're not careful, we will let our money tell us what we can and cannot do. Can I get an amen? And your generosity doesn't come from your bank account. Guess where it comes from? It comes from our heart. In fact, I will say this. When you give to the Lord... Don't give because you want to pay your tithes. Some of y'all are like, I can't believe you're saying that. No, no, no. I know what I'm saying. I know the consequences of it as well. When you give to the Lord, give because you got the heart of worship. God, I want to worship you with this gift. I'm not, I'm not giving it like, oh, God, we're going to be broke. I'm giving it because, God, you bless me. And it may make me go out of my way, but you were worth it. Amen? And here's why I bring this up, because when somebody does that for you, it just means so much. Why? Because it's true and it's real. See, this is what the Lord wants from us, that we have a heart for him. Not just a rule to follow, but there's a want to, not a got to. Did you hear that? I get to do it, not just I got to do it. Here's the next one. I'm going to go out of my way. I'm going to give with all my heart. Number three, give the best that you can. 
give the best that you can. And I love this whole idea of giving the best that you can because it's not measured by how extravagant the gift is. And I'll show you what I mean. Here's Jesus as a newborn king, and they're coming, they're bringing him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. He's a baby. He has no clue what this is all about. But it set him up to live this life, to lay it down for each one of us. And in one of his opportunities to minister in Mark chapter 12, there's a lady who lost her husband. Follow the story. And she's seen giving her offering in church. It wasn't a big offering at all. But it was huge. I need y'all to hear this story. Jesus explains this to his disciples in, uh, in verse 43 of Mark 12. And this is basically what he tells them. She gave more than anyone else here. Even though there were some big donors there that day. There were some big donors there that day that wrote some big checks and gave some big offerings. But she gave all she could afford, which was two pennies. That's all she had to her name was two pennies. Y'all, that's, that's struggling financially. Am I right? And she gave those two pennies, and Jesus said she gave more than anyone else. And here's why. He said they gave out of their surplus, but she gave all she had. This woman, it impresses me because this is what she did. She gave her best. That's what she gave. She gave her best. Not because of her amount of money, but the amount of love that she had for Jesus. And I think during this time of the year, whenever we're running, trying to give gifts to everybody, and I think, I love it. Give, give incredible gifts this year. To all the moms that are spearheading that in the house, thank you for doing that. And for all the guys who are helping, good job. But in the middle of all your giving, have you considered giving to the Lord? Not, 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 oh, let's take up an offer. No, no, no. I want to be a giver to the Lord. I'm going to wrap up and just tell you, I tried not to preach this message today. I really did. I tried not to preach it because it's like, are you kidding me, Lord? We're going to go preach this around Christmas? And I was like, yeah. I don't want to sound like a preacher that's just trying to get money from people. I don't. I, I never wanted to be that person. But I can tell you over the course of this week, the Lord reiterated over and over and over to me that I had to preach this. I had other stuff ready to go, man. I did. I was like, Lord, if you will. I got something really good over here. Come on, let's do this one. But I knew. I ask Jesus to give me things all the time. I do. I ask Jesus to give me strength just about every single day. Am I right? How many of y'all with me? I ask the Lord to give me peace. Lord, I need your peace. Like it's just this easy commodity. It, it, it's like going to the, the, the Dollar Tree. You know what I'm saying? You just go, there's, there's a thousand of them and it's a dollar. I need you to know that the strength that is given to us, it ain't found at the Dollar Tree. Because there was a high price that was paid in order for the Lord to give us the strength that we need to overcome the things that we face. Can I hear an amen? I need you to know that the peace that he gives us is not some cheap imitation, good feeling that can be found in a bottle or a pill or in a scroll or in a movie but it's the real peace that even in the middle of the battle, I can still have some reassurance that God is with me. And I need you to know that that gift of peace cost a tremendous amount because it wasn't just something that was created. It was something that was tested. It was something that was tried. It was something that was proven to be true. And so when I ask him for peace, I got to understand that I'm not just asking for like a loaf of bread, but I'm asking for something that has been through the fire. I'm asking for something that has been tested, something that has been through suffering and has come out on the other side and is real. It is powerful. It is true and is still effective today. 
When I ask God to be a provider, I don't ask God to be a provider like he's a magician, but I know that he is the Lord of all, that he has created it all, and that He is, and every good thing comes down from him. And even though I might work hard with my hands, it is God's provision that allows me to have what I have. Come on. I want to say this. If your perspective is that churches are after your money, you may have seen one church like that and have judged the rest. But that is not every church. And that is definitely not this church. It's not. Because it ain't about money. It's about hearts. And if you have a given heart, you'll give. That's, that's it. You don't argue, like, I'm not giving them a gift. I know that's my parents, we're not giving them a gift. Yes, you are. If you married a good woman, she's going to make you give them a gift. Because she loves you enough to not let you look like a fool. Amen? Amen. That's a good one. Here's what I'm saying. The Lord's after your heart. The Lord is after all of your heart. He's after all of it. And when the Lord has your heart, guess what happens? Generosity and giving flows. Giving forgiveness to someone else, when the Lord has your heart, you'll be willing to give it. If he doesn't have your heart, you will withhold forgiveness for somebody else. Asking God to give you more. Think of it. God, keep forgiving me, but don't forgive them. See, if our heart's truly for the Lord, we'll do it his way. So as we close today, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I just want to ask you a simple question. Have you considered your giving to the Lord? Like giving him your attention in the span of your week. You know how, how we, we, we talk about relationships, how time and communication is so important. And it's a gift. When you give someone time, it's a gift. Have you given the Lord some time? Have you given the Lord some things out of what he has given you? Have you given the Lord worship recently? Oh, I know we sang songs this morning, but did, did you reserve yourself? Or did you worship today? My prayer today is simply this, that the Lord has all of your heart. When I look at these wise men, here's this newborn king that's already captured their heart. They went out of the way. They worshiped him. They gave him great gifts. And I asked the Lord how to do this at the end. And he just said, Ask them to consider their giving. And I believe he speaks even in moments like this. Because there, there's folks in this room, you've been withholding forgiveness for a family member. But continually asking the Lord for more forgiveness for yourself. And you're already got thoughts about going into this Christmas season with family and how that's going to be. What if you gave them forgiveness? That could be the gift that changes everything in your family. It could be the gift that changes everything in you. Giving him worship. I know so many times we're like, this is the way I like to worship. Listen, let's worship the Lord the way he likes to be worshiped. Can I get an amen? Let's talk about giving your tithe, giving your offering. Have you considered giving your tithe and giving your offering? Listen, again, I'm not twisting your arm for money. I'm just saying when your heart is completely with the Lord, you want to give. You want to give. You want to. And you may say, Pastor, I can't do 10%. Okay, we'll start with three. And some religious people right now, Pastor, don't say that. No, no, no. Listen, give what you can. And let generosity begin to grow in your heart. 
And as it grows, you'll notice your giving grows. And at the end of the day, it's not about how much you gave. It's the fact that you've become more of a giver because of what the Lord is doing in your heart. Can, can we say amen to that? We become more of a giver because of what the Lord is doing in our heart. Because we're not doing it because we got to. And if you're interpreting this today as the preacher's trying to get me to give, don't give. I just want our heart to be completely given to the Lord. And I believe when it is, it's going to flow. Just like it flows in, it's going to flow out. Father, today in this room, we're so thankful for the gift that you've given us. Jesus, you've covered it all. You've provided salvation. You have provided healing through your sacrifice. Through the cross, you paid it all. And today we are so thankful for that. In return, we give you our hearts. In return, we give you all of our lives. And as a reflection of that, Father, I pray that generosity will flow out of us. I pray, Father, that our heart will be completely on you and not just on what we can get, but what we can give. And I pray that as we celebrate you this Christmas, even in the middle of giving to all these friends, family members, husbands, wives, kids, all of the, in the middle of all of that, I pray, Father, that we won't overlook you in giving to you. Maybe you're here today and you need to give your life to Jesus because ultimately that's where it starts. Maybe you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Today is the day. Today is the day where your life can change completely. Maybe you're watching online. You didn't know what you were getting into when you watched this today. But for some reason, the Lord has captured your heart. And today, you can surrender your life to Jesus and have a brand new life. I want to lead us into prayer. I want us all to pray it out loud this morning. Say, Dear Lord, thank you for giving your all for me so that I could be forgiven, so that I could be set free. Thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross to pay the price for my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for being raised from the dead so I can have new life in you. I trust you that you are the way, the truth, and the life. You are my salvation. And I surrender my life to you now and ask you to give me a new start, a new creation in you. I make the decision now I'll live my life your way. Here's my heart. Here's all of me. I'm all yours. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We're so glad that you joined us for this message. If you would like to give to help us continue to reach more people, you can go to our website, merchchurch.com, and click on Give. We hope to see you at church this Sunday.